like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the LA Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. John Stewart is back in the host chair at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. Join late night legend John Stewart and the best news team for today's biggest headlines, exclusive extended interviews, and more. Now, this is a second term we can all get behind. Listen to The Daily Show, Ears Edition on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi guys, Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I've dedicated my life to fighting crime and helping crime victims. For a decade, I prosecuted violent felonies. Every day is a mission. Every day is a chance to stop crime and keep one more person safe. Listen to Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. And welcome back to Coast to Coast, George Norrie with you, John Russell back with us. Became aware of his psychic abilities at around the age of six years old, starting giving psychic readings to friends and families at about 15, and by the age of 18, he was reading professionally. He eventually became internationally known and has more than 45 years of expertise as a professional psychic with a worldwide clientele. As a paranormal investigator, he has witnessed over 800 supernatural manifestations as well, He's got several books out, including A Knock in the Attic, Riding with Ghosts, Angels, and Spirits of the Dead. And his websites are linked up at coasttocoastam.com. And Merry Christmas, John. Good to have you back with us. Merry Christmas, George. It's great to be back. I always love being with my Coast family. They love you. And how have you been? I've been pretty good. I've been very busy, <laughs> a little bit tired, as everybody is with the season, but uh, other than that, can't complain. Does the Christmas season bring out any special ghost or strange stories? You know, it does. I think that um, any holiday that we focus on and kind of raise our vibrations to and increase the energies thinking about it, whether it's uh, Halloween, Thanksgiving, Christmas, even New Year's, I think that we focus our energies more and become more aware of the the uh, paranormal possibilities, the spiritual possibilities around holidays, just simply because we're more focused. And so that gives us a greater opportunity to have experiences. So you think beyond the rest of the year, the holiday season, the Christmas season, is a better time to communicate with the other side? I think it is simply because we focus more, we're more aware because, and especially during the Christmas season, we try and focus on the spiritual qualities of kindness, receptivity, giving, compassion, love. And, you know, we're focused on that Christmas story, the Christmas miracle, and the miracles that accompany Christmas, and angels, and all of these things. And so we're, we're expectant of that. We're hopeful about that. We're focused on that. And that creates a more receptive atmosphere where the other side can communicate more easily. John, with the uh, new folks who joined the uh, team here, 
and they haven't heard you before. Tell us a little bit more about yourself. Ah, well, I became aware of my gift when I was about uh, six years old, as you said. And around the age of 11, I started doing paranormal investigations. And the reason for that was I wanted to discover what was real and what wasn't, what worked and what didn't in the paranormal world, in the spiritual world. And as my gift developed, I began to do readings for friends and family. And then about the age of 18, uh, I began to read professionally. And uh, I've, I've read now for 50 years. I've got, a, as you said, I've got a worldwide clientele. Uh, got a couple of books out, and one of the works that I hope is going to be out around February, March this this coming year. A little slow working on that because I've been so busy with my clients and everything, but uh, that's that's kind of me in a nutshell. Did your family, your parents, encourage you? Uh, my mother did. My mother was a believer, and uh, her family had had a lot of paranormal experiences, and so it was just kind of status quo for me to come along and and step into that. Uh, my father, on the other hand, was kind of a, uh, I think, a closet believer. Um, he didn't want to acknowledge it, and he was a little bit um, skeptical. A little bit scared, uh, yeah, a little bit, a little skeptical, but a little bit scared of the paranormal. Uh, it was something that he he couldn't control. Um, you know, it, it manifested whether he wanted it to or not. He couldn't explain it away, and uh, and I think it scared him a little bit. John, did you ever have a bad paranormal experience yourself? You know, I haven't. And in, in all these years, and uh, during the introduction, you mentioned 800. I've had, by now, well over 1,000. And that's that's conservative. That's just kind of hitting the high points. Uh, 1,000 physical paranormal manifestations that have actually occurred on the physical realm. A lot of times, others have witnessed them with me. Uh, we've recorded them. We've videoed them. We've photographed them. We've got them on audio. And uh, never had anything negative, never had anything bad. Uh, I'm aware that there are people that say that they have, and I think some of that may be a misinterpretation of the events. Or, you know, we're, we're raised a certain way and to believe a certain way, and if anything happens outside of that paradigm that we've been taught, uh, then our knee-jerk reaction is it's satanic, it's evil, it's demonic, it's dangerous, whatever. And I think people default to that without understanding what's really going on in the spiritual realm. John Russell with us, The Psychic. We're going to talk about some Christmas events that have occurred this hour. Next hour, we'll take your calls, your readings with John. And all he'll need from you is a question. I'll tell him who you are. And you ask a specific question about just about anything, John? Just about anything. All right, perfect. Let's talk with the, you about some of these events that have occurred in your life. What's the story about the closet door that made a closing and latching? Yeah. <laughs> that was uh, when I was a young child, and this was at Christmas time. We had the tree up, and the presents were under the tree, and you know what a wonderful time. And and uh, my mother would go next door and visit with a friend of hers and leave me there in the house. And, uh, you know, I felt comfortable with that. And I, she was right next door. I could run over and get her. I could call her. I knew how to use the phone to call the police if something happened or, or whatever. So I was, you know, I, I was okay being by myself. And so she had gone next door to visit, and I was alone in the house. It was during the day. And uh, I had a little spaceman toy. And I was flying him around, you know, with my hand flying him around through the air, through the house. And 
so uh, I started in the living room there and looked at the uh, the Christmas tree and all the presents, and I was, you know, joyful anticipation of opening those presents and getting the gifts, and so I was flying the spaceman. <laughs> I flew him back through the, the uh, dining room and the kitchen and around the corner into uh, to my father's bedroom, and as I got close to it, I heard the closet door in his bedroom close and heard the latch click shut. You know, like when you push a door shut and the little the latch click goes into the. And uh, I just <laughs> I immediately ran next door and got my mother and I said, I, "There's somebody in the house." And so I explained to her what happened. So uh, my our neighbor was just you know, totally freaked out, and it's like, oh, my God, should we call the police? And my mother said, no, I think I know what this is. She said, just just wait, and we're going to go over and check it out, and if we're not back in five minutes, you know, call the police or whatever, but I, I think I think I know what this is. So she said, I, I don't think there's anyone in the house. She said, I think that was just, you know, a spirit communicating with you, manifesting itself, and, and uh, so we went into the house, checked everything out, and, of course, nobody was there, and... Uh, we we looked in the closet and she's like, look, you know, it's it's okay, and explained to me that it was just a spirit communicating, manifesting, and I was like, okay. So uh, we closed the closet door, made sure it was shut. She said, are are you okay for me to go back and visit with a neighbor? And I said, yeah, I'm I'm fine. So she went and it, it boogered me just a little bit. I, I can't say I was really frightened, but it was kind of a little a little bit unnerving, and so. Uh, when she went back to visit the neighbor again, I said, okay, uh, just just to prove to myself I can do this and everything's cool, I'm going to retrace my steps, fly my spaceman back there and go back into the, the back part of the house to that bedroom again and and uh, prove to myself it's okay. So I got back there in the same spot I was before, and I heard the closet door <laughs> close and latch again. And I said, okay. <laughs> I steeled myself, and I walked in there, and I grabbed the knob, and, and the door was completely shut. I grabbed the knob, and I opened up the door, and this this overwhelming cold came out of that closet. It was like just having walked into a deep freeze or something. And it was like, wow, I was just overawed at this manifestation. And uh, so I just kind of, in my own way at that young age, kind of greeted the spirits and said, well, okay, you know, thank you for the manifestation. And and I closed the closet door, made sure it was closed, and heard the latch click. And as I was walking out of the room, I got out of the room, and I heard the door close and latch again. So that was one of the uh, one of the Christmas experiences I had at a very young age. Are you one of those guys, John, that can't sleep with your arm over your bed? Or do you have uh, to pull it up? No, I'm 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 okay. I, I don't think there's any uh, I don't think there's any uh, boogeyman that's going to get me or anything. I can I can sleep with my arm off the bed. It's <laughs> great. Are you ready to fight back against crime? Hi guys, Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I've dedicated my life to fighting crime and helping crime victims. For a decade, I prosecuted violent felonies, personally investigating, prosecuting, and covering literally thousands of cases. It's so easy to think it will never happen to me or my family, but that is simply not true. 
Every day on Crime Stories with Nancy Grace, we shine a light on unsolved homicides, heat up cold cases, and help find missing people, especially children. We speak with family members, investigators, CSI, reporters, and experts in every field. Every day is a mission. Every day is a chance to stop crime and keep one more person safe. Listen to Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. In the recent history of documentary filmmaking, one scene stands out above all. The hot mic bathroom confession of Robert Durst in the Jinx. Now the person responsible for that moment, Sereb Kaufman, stepson of the victim, friend of the murderer, star of the documentary, for the first time ever, shares why he believes you're watching the furthest thing from the truth on this exclusive episode of Murder Homes. Listen to Murder Homes on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Friday night during the program, I'm going to devote the last two hours to Christmas miracle stories during open lines. You've got a few of those, don't you? I do. I do. Yeah. Uh, one of the most amazing ones, and I write about this in my, uh, my second book, A Knock in the Attic, and I'll give you the highlights of it here. Um, we had, um, I had moved back into uh, to the family home, and so had my sister. We were both divorced, and we moved back home to uh, to help uh, care for my mother, and it kind of gave us a soft place to fall after what we had been through. So we moved back into the old family home, and uh, we had, it was, it was all gas. It was a gas cook stove, a gas hot water heater. We had uh, gas floor furnaces and gas space heaters, and... During the, our, our entire lives, even as a young kid, uh, my mother loved candles. And so especially at Christmas time, we'd light up a lot of candles. And uh, I've kind of inherited that, I guess. I've, I loved candles and loved incense. And so there was always some kind of flame going in the house, either through cooking or the space heaters. We had candles going, all of this. And uh, periodically we would... Uh, smell a kind of a, a funny odor, and we really couldn't identify it, and we thought, well, maybe it was a, a plumbing leak under the house or this, that, and the other, whatever. So all these years, uh, periodically, we would smell that odor, and we had all of this this gas heat going constantly. And so one day I had uh, had come home, and it was 
uh, oh, late in the afternoon, but the sun was still out. It was a sunny day. It was cold, and it was right after Christmas. And I was uh, was watching the news, and uh, I'm sitting in my chair, and uh, I had a, a very large bedroom there in the old house. And this was for this, actually for the closet door clicked shut, <laughs> uh, that bedroom. It was still in there. Uh, yeah, it was still in know. there, and it, it had become mine. So um, I was sitting there watching the news, and I had a, a gas wall heater going over in the bathroom. And I saw something out of the corner of my eye, and I didn't really pay much attention to it because the sun was shining through the uh, the bare branches and casting a pattern on my my bed and um, I thought well it's it's just the sun making a, a you know flickering th- through the branches and didn't think much about it and kept watching my my news story and then I kept seeing this flickering and I looked over and I looked in the bathroom looked at the uh, the wall heater which was lit and on the inlet pipe, the gas inlet pipe into the wall heater, this tongue of flame about six, eight inches long was out flickering, wavering in the air. And I was like, oh, my God. I said, you know, mm-hmm. the house is fixing to blow sky high. So I went there and I looked at this and I was like, this is, this is insane. So I turned the, uh, the uh, gas heat off turned the handle off, and the flame kept kept burning out of that. <laughs> that it should have gone off instantly. Yeah, and I was like, oh, my God. So I went and I called the gas company. This was before cell phones. This was back when you still had a landline. Thought so, you had a leak or something, huh? Yeah, so I went and called the gas company. I said, what What do I do? And they said, do you know where the gas meter is? And I said, yeah. And they said, do you have a wrench? Go out and turn the gas off at, at, at the meter. So I got my wrench, ran outside, and, uh, and of course, it's it, cold as a dickens so i turned the uh, the gas off at the meter came back inside and the flame went out then in the uh, the heater because all the gas was off in the house so i uh, they said we'll, we're sending an emergency crew out right away so the emergency crew came out pulled into the alley and the gas meter was out in the alley by the alley mm-hmm. so they pulled up and uh, the guy i told the guy what happened and he was just kind of looking at me bug-eyed and like Wow. So he gets out and he has this handheld gas meter, gas detector, and he turns it on and the thing, the needle pegs and it squeals and and goes crazy. And he's like, what the heck? So he turns it off, turns it back on, it does it again. And he's like whacking it like, what is wrong? Yeah, like it's defective or something. Like it's defective or something. And so uh, we walk into the house and uh, he's like, oh my God, he said, can you, can't you smell that? I said, what? And he said, the, the gas odor is just overwhelming. He said, it's almost instantly giving me a headache, and I, I couldn't smell it. And so he said, get doors and windows open. So we were opening the doors, opening the windows, and, and trying to air everything out. And I showed him the, the heater in the bathroom, the hole that had developed in the inlet pipe where the flame was coming out. And he just shook his head, and, and about this time, another truck pulled up. And so we walked outside, and the guy was telling him, what had happened, and the uh, the technician goes, how badly was he injured? How badly was he burned? And he said he wasn't. This is him right here. And the guy said, no. And so they hmm. begin to examine everything and look at everything and the, with a the gas meter. And finally the guy understood. He said, my gas meter is not defective. He said, the gas meter is leaking. 
the line from the gas meter into the house is leaking. Oh, my God. It could have blown up on you, John. Yeah. Every appliance in the house is leaking. And it had been this way for years. And so the uh, the guy said, we have to pull the meter, get a, put a new meter in. You're going to have to have the plumber come out and check these lines and, and uh, so on and so forth. So, uh, so we spent the night without heat, and it was just cold as everything. And wow. So the, the uh, one of the gas <laughs> people from the gas company looked at me, and he said, this is a Christmas miracle. He said, it's a little after Christmas, but you have got your Christmas miracle. He said, this whole property shouldn't even be here. Should have blown he up. He said, you should have blown sky high years ago. He said, I can't understand how how this is still how this is still standing and how y'all are still alive. He said, you've received a Christmas miracle. And we didn't know the extent of it until the plumbers came out uh, the next day. And they have a procedure where they uh, pump up air. They get air pressure pumped up and release it into the lines and see, kind of like a blood pressure meter, and see how fast this indicator falls to show the, the leak. And they said that when they pumped the uh, the air up, the pressure up, and then released it into the lines, the uh, indicator immediately plummeted down to zero. Um, and they said that, the uh, like the gas company guy had said, the meter leaked, the gas line into the house leaked, and between that and in the house, they found 17 major leaks, 17. Jeez. And they, they said the same thing. They said, you should have been blown sky high a long time ago. This neighborhood shouldn't even be here. There should be a, a crater here the size of an asteroid impact. And so that was a Christmas miracle for us. We We understood that our guardian angels had literally kept us safe and protected us all those years through all those major gas leaks. And they put that sulfur smell in gas because natural gas is odorless. So they they put that smell in there so you know there's gas leaking. But you could never smell that, huh? Just just periodic. I guess we got accustomed to it over the years. And and it was like when the... uh, when the gas uh, technician was there, he was like, can't you smell that? And I was like, well, not really. <laughs> you know, It was like, so I guess over the years we had just gotten accustomed to it. That is amazing. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the LA Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. John Stewart is back in the host chair at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. Join late night legend John Stewart and the best news team for today's biggest headlines, exclusive extended interviews, and more. Now, this is a second term we can all get behind. Listen to The Daily Show Ears Edition on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, guys. Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I've dedicated my life to fighting crime and helping crime victims. For a decade, I prosecuted violent felonies 
every day is a mission. Every day is a chance to stop crime and keep one more person safe. Listen to Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.